God. But uh, Elijah, when he was ministering, had uh, uh, someone he was mentoring called Elisha. And Elisha said, I want a double portion of your spirit, of your blessing. And Elijah told him, well, if you're there with me at the end, then you will get what you've requested. And uh, the scripture records that Elisha did exactly twice the miracles that Elijah did. So God put a greater measure of his blessing upon Elisha in his ministry than upon Elijah. In the same way, God has, has designed and planned a greater blessing for God's people under the new covenant than God's people had under the old covenant. A greater measure of the Spirit of God would be given. That's the promise of God in the Old Testament. Uh, that is the anticipation of the prophets. Uh, Jeremiah says and there'll be a day where I will write my law upon your heart. Ezekiel said, I will take out your heart of stone and I will give you a heart of flesh. This, this new redemption that would come through Jesus Christ and this new gift of the Spirit would literally change a person from the inside out. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away and all things have become new. And we need that power, don't we, today? We need the help of God in life. We need the Spirit's power so that we can impact others with the gospel and impact others in encouraging and helping them in the spiritual life. Uh, the scripture we're looking at today is the time where this very promise is being fulfilled. Uh, the Spirit has just been poured out. Uh, a one-time, uh, definitive pouring out for all time. Things are forever different since the time of Pentecost. And every believer who puts their trust in Jesus Christ has the Holy Spirit of God living within them. Uh, and then we can choose to walk in the filling of the Spirit so that we walk in His power. And so... Um, Peter is getting up. As they've seen what's happening uh, with these, these new uh, outpouring uh, of the Spirit, the new gifts that are given, uh, there's a, a sense that there's a joy that's there. and There's this different way that they're acting. They said, but we think, some of them were saying, we think these people are drunk. And Peter gets up. He says, look, I want to tell you something. They're not drunk. It's only the third hour of the day. It's the morning. Listen, uh, they're not drunk. no. This is the promise that God gave in the book of Joel. The Spirit of God has been poured out in answer to the prophecy of God. The new covenant that was established in Christ's blood at the cross is now coming in its fullness as the Spirit is being poured out. This is the fulfillment of prophecy and the beginning of the last day. We live in the last days. All right? Uh, the last days began with Pentecost. And with, of course, with, prior to that, with the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's a new situation. 
the, the temple veil was ripped in two because things are different now. Under the new covenant, people have always been saved by grace through faith uh, in God. And now, since Jesus has come, in Jesus Christ. But there's a new situation because there's a new covenant. Now that Christ has paid the price for sin, Christ has borne the wrath of God in our place. He's the propitiation for our sin. All the wrath of God for every sin I would ever commit has been poured out upon Jesus Christ in my place so that I'm not appointed to suffer wrath. All the justice, all that I deserve for the sin of my life has been carried out on Christ in my place so that God's justice is satisfied and I am clothed in the very righteousness of Christ. I'm justified through his amazing grace. He's clothed me in the white garment of Christ's perfect righteousness. And because of that, my vessel is cleansed and the Spirit of God can live in this sinful man because of the grace of God. Isn't it an amazing thought that God would make his temple in a human heart? And that's exactly what God is doing here, and it's exactly what the prophets predicted. So we need to live in the filling of the Spirit so the Spirit can do this greater work through us, through our lives, as promised. So the title of my message is The Spirit's Greater Work. The Spirit's Greater Work. And uh, if you will look at me with me at verse 14 of Acts 2, we're going to read this scripture. It says, Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and proclaimed to them, Fellow Jews and all you residents of Jerusalem, let me explain this to you and pay attention to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's only nine in the morning, on the contrary, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. And it will be in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all people. Then your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. I will even pour out my spirit on my servants in those days, both men and women, and they will prophesy. I will display wonders in the heavens above and signs in the earth below, blood and fire and a cloud of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the great and glorious day of the Lord comes. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The Spirit's greater work. What is the Spirit's greater work? Well, first of all, he brings a new potential. He brings a new potential. Verse 17, and it will be, he's quoting Joel here. He says, it will be in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all people. Now, you see, under the old covenant, God dwelt in the physical temple the manifest glory of God was in the physical temple. Uh, and God ministered through prophets, priests, kings. Uh, the Spirit would come upon them through the judges as well. Would come upon them for specific tasks. But the people of God as a whole did not have the Spirit of God in that way. The Spirit of God was for a limited few 
who were used by God in, in service for his purposes. It's not that the Spirit had no role in people's lives, but that he, he did not dwell within them, and, and he did not do the work that he does today. We live in an entirely new situation. There's a new potential for every child of God because God, once you, put your, you repent, you put your trust in Jesus Christ, you become God's child, and the Spirit of God comes to dwell within you. And the Bible says that the power of the resurrection is in you. Is that not an amazing thought? Talk about potential. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. There's nothing my God can't do. And if my God is living in me, he can live through me to do what I could not do in my own strength. There's a new potential to live a righteous life. The Bible talks about the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control, so that when the Spirit of God comes to live within me and He changes me, He regenerates me by His power and makes me a new creation in Christ, and then He lives within me and empowers me to live the righteous life, not just the letter of the law, that moral law of the Old Testament, but the spirit of the law, God's true intention for the law. Jesus often condemned the Pharisees. He said, look, you give a tithe of mint, dill, and cumin, but, but the greater, the more weightier matters of the law, like mercy and justice and faithfulness, you've neglected. You need to do both. Don't just obey the nitpicky stuff. Do what really matters to God. Well, as Jesus tells them that, this is exactly what we're able to do with the Holy Spirit of God living within us. We're able to emphasize the thing that God emphasizes and live out the life that God has called us to live in righteousness. Listen, I'm, there, there's no person that is perfect in righteousness because none of us walk in the Spirit all the time. We still have an old nature. And one glorious day when Jesus comes back, that old nature will be gone forever. Hallelujah. Won't that be a great day? Uh, no lo longer any struggle. In the meantime, though, I can choose through the power that God gives me through his Holy Spirit to live a righteous life by asking for the filling of the Spirit and letting the Spirit live his life through me, uh, submitting myself to his rule in my life so that he lives out the life that God intended me to live. So I've got a whole new potential to live a righteous life. And that's why Jeremiah said, I'll write my law upon their heart. You know what I've noticed? When I am filled with the Spirit of God, I have the set of desires that God desires me to have. When I'm not filled with desire, then it's a, it's, it's a greater struggle. I have that old set of desires, and there's a, a, there's a war that's going on there. But when the Spirit of God quickens me with his power, I'm able to live out that righteous life that God calls me to live. So um, keep those sins confessed to God. Ask God to give you a genuine heart of repentance and surrender to him. Uh, ask for the filling of the Spirit and then step out in faith and follow his leadership in your life and let him live his life through you. Uh, trust that as you ask for the Spirit and as you are, are calling upon God that God will send him. Because the Bible says 
in, in the book of Luke, how much more will the Father give the Spirit to them that ask Him? Yes, we have Him living within, but we can ask for the filling of the Spirit. And God has said He'll give them. So uh, call upon the Spirit when you need Him, when you're struggling with temptation. Call upon Him uh, when you need help in ministering to someone. Call upon Him. Pray that silent prayer to God and ask Him as you're talking with that lost person to speak through you and to bring the Scriptures to mind that are needed uh, so that you can impact that lost person for Jesus Christ. The Spirit of God is with us, and He brings a whole new potential. Listen, I, I've, I have talked to people about Jesus in my own strength before, and it never <laughs> accomplishes anything when I do that. But then there have been those special times where I have sent a special movement of the Spirit in my life and a special direction as I've talked to somebody about Jesus, and it makes all the difference. It's a whole new potential, a whole, a whole new power. Listen, you can be a better father than you ever hoped to be through the Spirit's power. You can be a better husband, a better wife, a better mother through the Spirit's power. You can be a better worker at your job through the Spirit's power. You can love people better through the Spirit's power. You can be a better church member through the Spirit's power. There's a whole new potential. When I was uh, in the Air Force, they were training us about uh, how to diagnose electrical problems. And uh, the, the fellow that was training us, he says, you check to see if there's potential. It, and he called it potential. It, check for voltage. Okay, If you've got voltage here, you've got potential. And, and this should work at this part in the circuit. Then you check the next place, and you check the next place, and so forth, till you find the place where there's no potential. Did you know... When we quench the Spirit of God, we cut off the potential in our life. It's as though there's no electrical power. Um, but when we're filled with the Spirit of God, the very potential of Almighty God lives in us to live out the life He has called us to live to the glory of our great Savior. What an amazing thought. The Spirit's greater work. We live in the time of fulfillment. What a blessing. So the Spirit's greater work, what is it? Well, He brings a new potential. Secondly, He brings a new favor. He brings a new favor. If you look in verses 17 and 18, He says, Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your, your old men will dream dreams. Um, and then He says again in verse 18, They will prophesy. There's to, to prophesy means to speak forth. Sometimes it can mean to speak beforehand, but generally the more, the more frequent usage is to speak forth. Uh, did you know as I preach, I pray that the Lord would speak forth through me. Okay, As our Sunday school teachers teach, I pray that the Holy Spirit will speak forth through them so that God's people can be more impacted through the message of the gospel. But think about this for a second. As we encourage each other, as we spend time ministering to each other, and the Holy Spirit speaks through us, we live in a time of unparalleled favor. Now, this is especially vivid for the people of this day. For 400 years, they had had no prophet speak. The, what we call the intertestamental period, no prophet 
the time, but from the time of Malachi. No prophet had spoken until John the Baptist. There had been a drought. The Lord wasn't speaking through his people to his people. But now, the new covenant has come. Now, the Spirit is poured out, and it's not just the prophets who speak for God, those vocational prophets, okay? All of God's people can speak for God. Even if your primary gift is not a speaking gift, you can be prompted by the Spirit to say something that will be a blessing to others. Is that not an amazing thing? So instead of waiting for one prophet to come along, we've got a whole church full of prophets. That's, that's the idea. So that we, when we get together, do you realize how significant the body of Christ is? When we come together to meet for worship, there is the opportunity for the living God to speak into our lives and for us to be used by the living God to speak into somebody else's life. That ought to be exciting to us. The primary way God speaks to us is through his word. Uh, the word is the sword of the spirit, right? It's God's primary way that he speaks is through his word. As you share God's word with somebody else, God can use it. But sometimes he will lay upon your heart something to share that may not be a scripture, but may just be something he lays on your heart to share. Maybe it's a testimony. Uh, maybe it is um, a story from your past that God leads you to share. And God uses it in the life of someone else to build them up and encourage them. But there's a whole new day of favor because as we, the people of God, speak into one another's lives, we are built up and strengthened as at no other time since the coming of Pentecost. You see... The amazing thing is, I, I can be built up by God's people here in this body of believers. I can flip on Christian radio and be built up to a song that a Christian that doesn't even live in my state sings. Uh, I, can, I can flip on the radio and listen to one of my favorite preachers who doesn't live in my state. Perhaps it doesn't even live in my country. But he has the same Holy Spirit that I have. And he speaks into my life, and he builds me up, and he strengthens me and edifies me. He doesn't even know me. But we just live in that time of favor. It is an unprecedented time. So uh, thank God every day that you live, every time God speaks into your life, give him praise and thanks for that because it is a reminder that we live in a whole new time of favor under the new covenant and uh, the blessings of God have been opened up to us in a special way so the spirit's greater work what is that he brings a new potential secondly he brings a new favor thirdly he brings a new participation a new participation look at verses 17 and 18 again who are the people that are speaking he says your sons and daughters are speaking your young men are seeing visions. Your old men are dreaming dreams. Your servants, my, my translation obscures this just a little bit. Literally, your male servants and your maid servants is what the original says. My, my, mine says, and your servants on those days, both men and women, which sounds like you're saying God's servants. But he's saying servants are going to do this as well. 
You see, there's no class of people that this doesn't reach. It doesn't matter how much money you have or what your position is, what your skin color is, whether you're male or female. God can use you. He can use you if you're old. He can use you if you're young. Now, it is true, the Bible says that the older men, uh, one of the names for pastors is elders, right? Uh, now, some of, some of you, Timothy was younger, but, you know, you have some younger pastors. But uh, generally, the idea, the older teach the younger. And, and one scripture says, let the older women teach the younger women. And there is truth in that. You know, there's, there's a wisdom that comes with walking with God for years. Um, but, but what he's saying here is that the Holy Spirit is no respecter of persons. God can bless you through your kids. He can bless you through your friends. Uh, it, it doesn't matter. If that person has repented and put their trust in Jesus Christ, they have the Holy Spirit as much as I do, as much as you do. And God can use them. It's a whole new level of participation. Uh, you would have these, these servants of God in the Old Testament, uh, generally, now there were a few exceptions like Deborah, but generally uh, leadership in the scripture was male. Uh, I think part of that is to be a picture of the Trinity with God as Father and that kind of thing. Uh, but, uh, but God would, would come upon primarily not just the men, but the men who were in a certain leadership position that God had called them to. Okay? Well, same thing is true in the New Testament. You see primarily male leadership in the church, right? Now, there, there are ways that, that women can serve and lead, but in those offices such as pastor, uh, you know, I believe that's reserved for males. Uh, however, though that's the case, the Spirit is not a respecter of persons. I want to tell you something. I've talked to people before. Uh, uh, I've I've been blessed over the years by the the Billy Graham's family, and uh, but nobody has blessed me like Ann Graham Lance. When I heard her, I remember I was sitting I was sitting on my recliner in Texas. I was going through something. I don't even remember what it was, but she came on and I heard her speak. And can I tell you, it just blessed me to the core. The tears were rolling down my cheeks, and God profoundly ministered to me through her message. God's not a respecter of persons. The Holy Spirit's not a respecter of persons. He can use anyone. So don't let your age be uh, a determining factor of whether or not you speak for God. Don't think, well, I'm too young to speak for God. No, you're not. Speak for God as he leads you. Don't think I'm too old to speak for God. I'm all washed up. No, you're not. If you've got the spirit of the living God living within you, you can speak and build up the people of God. I love the, the saints of God who, who grow old in the grace of God, and they still have the joy of the Lord, and they still have faith in God, and they still are filled with his presence. What an encouragement. Um, so, there's a whole new level of participation. Listen, pastor's not the only one who does ministry. Did you know that? Your Sunday school teacher's not the only one that does ministry. We all participate in the ministry. We had a man in my last church uh, who was quiet, rarely said anything, 
he got saved, and, and after uh, probably a year or two of, of growing in the Lord, every once in a while he would speak up. And he would say something God put on his heart to say. And I, I don't know what it was, but when he spoke, it just touched the hearts of people. And uh, he was shy. He, you know, he, he you know, was kind of in the background most of the time. But when he did speak, God would use it. Listen, don't underestimate what God can do through you. He is a mighty God. So there's a whole new level of participation. Uh, the Spirit's greater work. There's a new potential. There's a new favor. There's a new participation. And there's a new urgency. There is a new urgency. Now, the fact that we are in the last days, we know now that has spanned a couple of thousand years. But the last day is moving towards a goal that is ever closer. Jesus is coming. And the signs that are given here uh, will come, uh, I believe, during the time of the tribulation. Uh, the sun will be turned dark and the moon to blood. They'll, whatever that means, whether it means a, uh, what they call a red blood moon or whether it, whether it is some kind of a literal sign that, uh, 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 that Jesus brings about, it will be visually evident. Jesus is coming. They're the signs of his coming. And he will come and he will rule and reign on this earth. There's a limited time. To reach people with the message of the gospel. You and I, we have a limited number of days with which we can impact our families, which we can pray for their salvation, which we can share with those friends that we love and, and even people that we don't know uh, about Jesus Christ. We have a limited time. We don't know when our last opportunity will come to share with somebody about Jesus Christ. There's an urgency that is there because we are in the last days. At any moment, Jesus could come. At any moment. At a day when you do not expect, the Scripture says, when they're saying, peace and safety, he'll come. Uh, there will be an unexpected. I believe that's why the rapture comes at the beginning of the tribulation, because it's unexpected. The second coming of Jesus comes with signs like the sun and the moon, and as we just mentioned. But it's coming. It's coming. I think the stage has been set as at no other time in history for Jesus to come. What if he came today? Would you be ready? Would you have talked to the people that you need to talk to about Jesus Christ? Listen, we need to have an urgency. Um, I remember uh, reading about uh, William Booth. He was the founder of the Salvation Army, and uh, he'd sent out some young preachers who were um, preaching the gospel in another city and they weren't having very good results and he sent them a telegram and he said try tears that was the only thing on the telegram try tears in other words you need to get an urgency you need to have the Lord and you can't work this up this has to be something the Spirit of God gives you God give me your heart I used to have a friend Lord help us see lost people like you see them as lost and dying and going to hell Listen, I know people don't talk about it much today, but there's a real hell. It's a place of darkness. It's a place of fire. It's a place of torment. It's a place of regret. It's a place that lasts forever. It's real. 
The rich man, as Jesus shares the picture, uh, the rich man's sons are still living, but he's now in hell. And he says, Lord, please send somebody. Send Abraham to speak to my sons. My sons, don't let them come to this place. We have a limited time. There's a new urgency. With all these blessings the Spirit has given, He's given us a special um, companionship with Him that He's always with us. He's given us a special power to reach people with the gospel. But we also need to have the accompanying urgency that goes with that. And this, this idea that we're in the last days should be a call to all of us to wake up and to recognize that we're closer. Every day we live, we're one day closer to Jesus coming. We don't know where, when it is. Nobody knows the day or the hour, but we're one day closer. Every day you live, every day you take a breath, you're one day closer. When will Jesus come? Now listen, if you don't know Jesus Christ, can I tell you something? We've been talking about the blessing of the Spirit that comes to believers. That comes when you put your trust in Jesus Christ. Can I tell you something? The Holy Spirit is worth knowing. He's a person, and he's worth knowing. He's brought comfort to my soul when I've been grieving. He's assured me when I've been in doubt. He's spoken to my heart as I've read the scriptures. He's helped me overcome sin at times in my life. He's helped me uh, to, to be used by God. All of these things. He's worth knowing. But can I tell you something? Jesus is worth knowing. Listen, you ought to have Jesus not just because of eternal life. That's a great blessing. But you ought to have Jesus because he's worth knowing. So, if you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ, the Bible says that Jesus paid the price for sin. We've talked about that earlier in the message. Jesus satisfied the justice of God. He took the wrath of God upon himself so that we could be forgiven. Jesus did everything that needed to be done so that God could give us eternal life as a gift. And God calls us to respond to this offer in faith. And faith is a decision to turn from my, life, from my own way of doing things to follow Jesus. From my sin to follow Jesus. Uh, it's, the Bible calls that repentance. And repentance is an expression of my faith. Because if I don't trust God, I'm not going to repent. I'm not going to follow him, right? So I make a choice to turn and to follow Christ. That's a choice of faith. The Bible calls repentance. It's a surrendering of my life to the purposes of God in every way. And then in simple trust, I receive Jesus into my life. And the Bible says he who has the Son has life. You have the life, the eternal life. And to as many as received him, to them gave he the right to be called the children of God, even to those who believe on his name. Listen, there's a literal hell to shun. There's a heaven to gain. There's an abundant life to enjoy in this life if you know Jesus. But Jesus himself is the greatest blessing of all. I love what uh, God said to Abraham. Lot had chosen the better land for himself. You remember that story? And they had to part ways because their possessions were so great. They couldn't live on the land together, so uh, Lot chooses the better land. But God, God appears to Abraham, and he says, Abraham, I am your exceeding great reward. 
You know, I found that to be true. Nothing in this life satisfies like Jesus. There's nothing that can compare to him. He's the greatest gift you could ever receive. He's the greatest person you could ever know. Our God is so gracious and merciful and good. Um, My words are inadequate. But can I encourage you today, if you don't know Jesus Christ today, make today the day. Choose to repent of your sin. Uh, And if you're struggling with that, ask God to help you with that. But choose today to repent of your sin. Come to this altar and tell God, Lord, I am choosing to follow you. I'm choosing to surrender to you. And I'm choosing to receive Jesus into my life right now. And I trust you to keep your promise. And I tell you on the authority of God's word, he'll save your soul. If you'd like help uh, here at the front, I'd be happy to help you with a prayer of commitment. I'll let you know what I'm going to say and make sure it expresses the desire of your heart. And, uh, and then you can pray with me, but make that decision today. And if you're here today as a child of God and you've not been walking in the full potential of what you have with the Holy Spirit, I'm just going to encourage you to come to this altar and just surrender to the Lord and ask God to fill you with His Spirit and to teach you how more and more to walk in the filling of the Spirit. It will make a great difference in every facet of your life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the amazing gift of your son, Jesus Christ, who died for our sins and rose again. And we thank you for the amazing gift of your Holy Spirit. Lord, help us to live filled with your spirit. Help us to live empowered lives, God, that that we would live righteous lives. God, that we would witness for you, that we would encourage fellow believers in Jesus Christ. God, use our service, use our words, help us to be spirit-filled. And Father, for those who are here today that don't know Jesus or perhaps that are watching online, Lord, help them call out to you in their own words, Lord, and, and, and choose today to surrender to you and to receive Jesus into their life.